Hello there, and welcome to the Lone Army Podcast. My name is Noah Maddox. I'm here with my co-host, as always, Ronan Briscoe. What's up? Um, yeah, today is Thursday. Um, unless you're listening to this on a non-Thursday, then for you, it is... Whatever day. Whatever day you are listening to this on. Uh, today, we are going to talk uh, Nashville SC, SC, not FC, uh, their upcoming match in Montreal. Uh, also, the big home win last uh, last week against New York City FC, and then a rocky U.S. Men's National Team camp that ended last night in Honduras. Kind of thankfully, honestly, yeah. I was. <laughs> ooh, that was that was a rough like how many days was that like? When did it start? Uh, Started Thursday, so rough six days. Well, I mean, they got there like Tuesday. Yeah, so eight days. Yeah, uh, that was. Yeah, that was a roller coaster of a lot of things. Um, okay, so coming up on Saturday, Nashville is playing in Montreal, the first meeting in Canada between these two teams. Uh, the previous two matches between. Uh, these sides and then in draws this season uh, 2-2 back in April and 1-1 near the end of June uh, both matches however were played in Nashville a place where Nashville SC have not lost this season yeah however so the game on Saturday will be a uh, a bigger test for the boys in gold yeah um Played in Canada one other time this season in Toronto. Uh, that <coughs> game ended 2-1, right? 2-1 to Toronto. No, it was 1-1. Yeah. 1-1 in Toronto. Um, Yeah. So looking forward to Saturday. Uh, Saturday night, by the way. It's at 8 or 7, something like that. Um. So getting three points against Montreal, who have been kind of falling after their hot start, but they're still kind of out on the fringe of the playoff picture. Um, getting three points from this game will be uh, huge to start a four-game road trip. Yeah. Um, the Since it is on Saturday uh, and the World Cup qualifiers slash international "Quote unquote break uh, ended yesterday, which was Wednesday night. Um, you hope, but you're not sure if uh, if you know who's going to exactly play. Uh, that was called up, yeah, across the league. To be fair, not just in Nashville, but of course Nashville is the focus. Uh, Annabelle Godoy played last night. Alistair Johnston played last night." Uh, Walker Zimmerman did not play last night. He didn't play at all in the whole camp. And uh, who am I missing? Um, we brought Jackson Ewell in at the end. No, no, no. I'm talking about Nashville. I have oh. three out of the four. You said? I said Johnston, Godoy, Zimmerman. Zimmerman Leal? You that he went to Costa Rica? Yeah, I did forget because he went to Costa Rica. Um... Did he play last night? I'm not sure. Uh, let me look. Um, meanwhile, while he is looking 
that up. The upcoming four game four game road trip. Um, it is uh, against obviously it is against Montreal uh, the on Saturday. Uh, and then it is uh, in Toronto the next week. Yeah, he played all three games. Leal did? Yeah. Did he start? No. Okay. He started the first two, it looks like. Okay, but he did play last night? Yeah, 15 minutes. 15. So he mm, make maybe a sub. Yeah. Possibly. Uh, okay, so Montreal uh, at 8 p.m. Or is this is this Eastern on this? I think this is. This is Eastern. So 7 p.m. Central Time. On Saturday night against Montreal, uh, then a week from this Saturday at uh, in Toronto, and then Wednesday, September twenty second, which is four days after the Toronto match, the Nashville travels to Inter Miami, and then four days later on the twenty sixth, which is a Sunday, Nashville plays in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, a very, very, very winnable road trip. Uh, Twelve points is is right there. Yeah. Uh, so, but for me, a road stretch. This road stretch is if you have less than nine to ten points out coming out of this, it's going to be very, very disappointing. Um. Just because of the caliber or lack thereof of the uh, four teams that Nashville are Nashville is playing, Montreal sitting in sixth. They are currently in a playoff spot. They're four points clear of Columbus, and they have a game in hand. Um, and then Miami, well, Toronto, I guess. Toronto's in last. That is one that you should just go ahead and win. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Miami's in 10th, actually. They're, they've been kind of on a roll, so... But, but that game is still one that you should win. Um... And then Chicago is one spot below Miami uh, in 11th on 23 points. So this team is good enough and deep enough to win road matches against not very good teams. Yeah. A.K.A. bad teams. Um, They showed uh, the game against New York City. We will segue into the game against New York City on Friday, September 3rd. The game ended 3-1 in Nashville's favor. Um, Hani Mukhtar scored twice, and Rios had a cross-slash-shot that was deflected in for an own goal. Uh, And then New York City scored a, like, 94th-minute goal that really didn't mean anything. Yeah. the biggest thing that happened was the like little scuffle fight thing. Um, Dax uh, got sent off, and so did Maximiliano Morales. Uh, so what happened was there was it was a drop ball, and then uh, Dax was it. It was Morales that took the ball from Dax, right? Oh, I don't remember. I wasn't watching. Oh, like sure. I, no, I, I was like looking uh, off wasn't exactly else looking at for the like play. a split yeah. second, right? Um, and I haven't watched back. I'm pretty sure it was Morales because then Dax fouled Morales. Uh, yeah, all when I he had got the ball, and then that's when the scuffle happened. Uh, Morales put his hands around Dax's throat, 
Uh, so he got a red card. Uh, and then Dax, Dax got, got Dax a red got a red. Card. To be honest with you, actually, I did see like just the fight part of it, but I haven't seen the challenge of it. But like the fight part, of, Dax instigated it. Well, I mean, yeah, but he didn't. He, I mean, he he did something that was that warranted a yellow card. No, he did. He he deserved the red. I'm sorry. I don't think so. Yeah, he. I think a red was very it. very harsh. Uh. Oh, believe me, in the moment, I didn't think so, but. Yeah, I mean, well, he's the one that got almost choked out. Well, you can still give red cards to the guy that loses. Well, I know, but he didn't, to me, he didn't really do too much. At least, you know, by too much, I mean red card standards. He started a fist fight, or what's essentially a fist fight. I mean, he pushed Morales, and then Morales is like five feet flat. Yeah, as the ref goes, (laughs) (laughs) as the ref goes, you got to remember what he sees. All he sees are those two fighting. Yeah, I think Jonder Cadiz got suspended for the Montreal match, too. Did he? In the report coming out. Thank Christ. Like <laughs> He wasn't that bad against New York, but he played like 10 minutes. Um, so, uh, Nashville now have three home games in the regular season left. Uh Left, uh, they are pl- against or sorry, they're left against Orlando, Columbus, and New York Red Bulls on decision day. Uh, the win over New York officially puts this team in third place. Yeah. Uh, four points clear of New York. They do have a game in hand, but four points clear. You can't get four points in one game. So, right. uh, and then we are level on points with Orlando, who are in, still in second place due to not Wins. goal differential. Yeah, uh, MLS is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, Hani for MVP. Yeah, I think, I think it's time to start that conversation. I don't it's know that I. I don't know that I. I don't know that I would give it to him right now, but it's time to start thinking about it. He's making a name for himself, that's for sure. That would be something to win the MVP and not even get to the All Star game. Yeah, that would. I don't know if I've ever seen that happen before in any American sport. I'm not going to say that it hasn't because yeah. I don't know for sure, but I highly doubt that's happened <laughs> anywhere else that has an all-star game and an MVP award. Right. Um. Now, playing in this uh, all-star game slash Pro Bowl slash, you know, whatever game and being selected are two different things. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Honda didn't get selected. Uh, he has his to- season totals are now ten goals and eight assists for the third place team in the Eastern Conference. Um, he's been the steady force in the attack all season. Yeah. Uh, he during the international breaks, where um, Leal, uh, Zimmerman, um, Godoy. And uh, Johnston were all called up to their national teams. Um, Mukhtar was was still here. Uh, he has been very consistent. Uh, he's been a uh, just really, really uh, playing well, uh, linking up with CJ Sapong. Um, CJ's come on since what, like June? 
Right. But Mukhtar's been there since the very like he's been really really good since the start. Yeah, you know, he hasn't been you know not really MVP since the end of last season. Right. Um. I don't know. I think the conversation is is definitely something that needs to be had. Um. Looking at the uh, the table here, uh, Nashville's played twenty two games, so that means what. Six, no. You played 36, right? In MLS, 34. 34. So you have 12 matches left this season for Nashville. Um, that's a good chunk of games, to be fair, but that also is a good chunk of games that Mukhtar can really add to his, uh, yeah. his, his goal and assist tally. Uh, he's been very consistent performer, Early in the season, maybe not getting the goals and or assists, you know, that you would expect with a good performance. Yeah. But here lately, he's, or for the last couple months, he he has been putting it together. Um. Now, of course, there are other contenders, uh, but Mukhtar's been, like, Carlos Heel for New England. For example, he yeah. was out for almost a month ish earlier yeah. this season. Uh, that's just one example. He was incredible. Like, he was the driving force behind New England starting so fast uh, and keeping the pace going, honestly. Uh, but he, when he got hurt, New England kind of dipped a little in form. Um, yeah. And then when he got back, obviously they are on a tear again. Um but he missed almost a month, which may, you know, add to his case in a way. Uh, but that's just one example that Mukhtar has been here, uh, been in Nashville and playing, you know, when he's healthy and he's being selected. Yeah. Or he's playing, not just being selected. Obviously, Gary would select him every time, but he's... He's actually playing every almost every game. Um, so that is something to look forward to down down the stretch. Uh, this team is in prime position to host a playoff game. Um, if you look at the table, uh, New England has played twenty four. They're on top. Uh, Orlando Nash Orlando Nashville played twenty two. Uh, that's second and third, uh, both level on thirty eight points. New York has a game in hand on both clubs, but they're four points behind. Uh, Philadelphia has played 23, uh, and they're on 32 points. So they're six points, and they're in fifth. So that is the cutoff for a home playoff game is, is below New York. And I really feel like Nashville will finish above New York. Yeah. Thus, you know, sealing a, at least one, potentially two, if you can get second. Um, if, uh, if you can end up stealing second place, I really like the chances of, I know this is way too early, but if Nashville's playing at home until they play New England, you know, assuming chalk happens, they've played New England, honestly, they've played New England the best out of, you know, every time I've watched New England, Nashville has played them the best. You uh, beat them 2-0 at home and then draw what... I don't think anybody scored. I think it was just 0-0, right? 
Yeah. Uh, in New England on a super rainy night, to be fair. Uh, so the playoff push is heating up, and we are very, very excited. Um, that Red Bulls game uh, could end up being huge for Nashville. I think Red Bulls, they have they started out uh, kind of fast, and they've really faded. Uh, they're below Miami and Chicago. I don't really know what happened to them. That's one of Nashville's two losses this season is in New York, or I guess New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Nashville's got one of the best goal differentials in Major League Soccer. They have a plus 16, which is one better than New York City, one less than New England, who has the best, and they're on level with Seattle. And, yeah, okay. Um, I think we're going to move on. In fact, yeah, let's move on. Uh, okay, so the U.S. men's national team. Uh, have been playing soccer for the past six days. Well, yeah. for three of the six. Well, three of the six days. Uh, or eight, however you want to classify it. Um, yeah. You kind of go from the world's ending to we're okay. <laughs> In the space of about ten minutes. Yeah. Um... I uh, I don't really know what to say. Okay, so we will go in chronological order. How about that? Does that sound good? Uh, nothing happened against El Salvador. Literally nothing happened. A nil-nil draw. The all the coolest thing that happened and the most memorable thing that happened was Gio Reyna flinching <laughs> when El Salvador started their eight-minute-long fireworks show. Yeah. <laughs> um, during the national anthems, uh, that crowd was it was fun to hear that. Uh, for international soccer, something we haven't seen or heard in what since like Hungary played in the Euros. Yeah. Um, but to have the Central American uh crowds when two months ago they weren't supposed to have anybody in the stands. Right. Um, to having full capacity was was really something. Um. The soundboard guy at a we're not gonna call anyone call for anyone's job, but we will say <laughs> the uh the soundboard guy or whatever, however, you know, that's really uh I don't know. Not dumbing it down, but like um can't think of the word minimalizing what, what actually happens with like the sound people. Yeah. Like it's not just one guy controlling a single board with like three things he pushes up and down um but the uh the el salvador crowd was insane they were almost broke half the microphones that i think they had set up uh it sounded like during the national anthem that was really cool um and then that was the coolest thing that happened the whole game uh ended nil nil nobody really came close to scoring uh west mckinney got closest it was just a header that bounced over the goal um that went over uh yeah, nothing happened. Uh, we go into that uh, thinking, hey, a draw is not bad to start off the road, uh, a road match in CONCACAF qualifying, right? Yeah. Okay, we're coming home, playing at home. Oh, look at that. We're playing in Nashville. 
against Canada. Oh, I wonder what what you know what we're gonna go for. Are we gonna go for a win? We should, right? It's at home. You want to win all your home games. Uh, we will pause right there, and I will uh, recap everything that happened in the camp, and then we'll come back to Canada. Uh, Geo got hurt during the El Salvador game apparently and missed the rest of the camp. Uh, I heard somewhere he's like a month. The hamstring something, I think. Yeah. Uh, very unfortunate. He was. He played and Pulisic did not against El Salvador. And he, I mean, he was trying. Gio was. Gio Reyna was. Uh, Weston got, this was the big story that uh, took a little longer than we thought to develop this week. Yeah. Uh, Weston got sent home for violating COVID protocols, in air quotes, which he did. That's well. It's confirmed. Official reports say he did. Uh, the rumors that were swirling uh, were kind of crazy, but the official report was that he had someone from outside the COVID bubble in Nashville come inside of it. Yeah. Uh, enter the bubble that was not supposed to enter the bubble. There are rumors on who that is, but we're not going. We're not going to go into that. Um, the way I will say the way Landon Donovan was talking about it, the rumors made it seem a lot worse than it actually was. Yeah, um, yeah, it's unfortunate uh, because the they really could have used him. You know, he really would have been helpful in the can in the Canada game, uh, but. He uh, he's back in Italy. Yeah. Uh, Serginio Dest got hurt against Canada. Uh, he was kind of limping off, and they took him off in the first half. And uh, Pulisic also sustained an injury in the second half of the Honduras game. Really didn't see what happened. He just kind of got tackled, and then you know tried to jump over the tackle. And like he was just limping, like it was like something. He tweaked something. Uh, props, I mean, he tried to keep going, but it was obvious he could barely move. Yeah. Uh, don't really know what happened uh, or what the injury is. Um, there's no, There's. I don't think there's been any report, right? Nothing. Nothing talking about it. Um, and the biggest, uh, or at least the most exciting part of this camp uh going into it we saw that ricardo pepe from fc dallas had been called up uh he's had an incredible season for them he's 18 years old uh he um do you want to explain the uh the i don't know dual nationality thing what about it i don't know just the specifics with uh pepe you just can't decide till you're 21 that's pretty much well yeah he has as of now, he has to wait three years from yesterday. Because he played in an official game, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, he played in a World Cup qualifier. If it was in a friendly, it wouldn't really matter, right? Uh, That's yeah. my understanding. Okay. So he now has to – that dis- official decision is pushed off for three years um, until he is, you know, three years from yesterday, basically. Um. But uh, the – U.S. men's national team, you know, just everyone 
involved in, in rooting for this team. Um, after the El Salvador game, it's like, hey, maybe we'll see Pepe against Canada because the U.S. really couldn't create anything. Yeah. Uh, that was not the case. He didn't even play against Canada. And it uh and and going into the Honduras match last night, uh it was um he was starting against Honduras, which kind of masked up everything else that started. <laughs> yeah. Uh we will go into that more in a little bit. But Ricardo Pepe played last night and he sure did deliver on the hype. Uh and excitement in a really big way in the second half. Um, biggest takeaways from this first camp, not round, it's not a round, it's just first window, I guess, of qualifying matches. John Brooks, okay, what is, actually, backtrack, what are your two biggest takeaways from this first camp? Um, we have no striker. Like, none. That I'm totally 100% confident in. Even Pepe. Um, John Brooks is a bald fraud. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's about it. <laughs> John Brooks was really frustrating in the Canada game. He, both games? What are you talking about? No, I mean... He's directly responsible for, for both. both we goals. conceded two goals this window. And He's was, directly responsible yeah. for both of them. He was more frustrating in the Canada game because, A, we were in attendance, and, B, he could not complete a single pass. No, I knew Longer we than seven to, yards. The second, the second he stepped up against Honduras, I knew we were about to right. concede. Um, yeah, minor John Brooks was terrible. Um, I don't really know what the deal with that was. Uh, I haven't seen him play that bad for the United States in a long time. He's bad. I mean, yeah, but I haven't seen him play that bad. Like, that was terrible. It's because he's bald. <laughs> uh, Anthony Robinson, I have been saying this for a while. Um, I believe he – I have been a believer that he is the number one left back, number one choice left back for this national team. Uh, he kind of proved me right the last two games, yeah. the two games he played in. Um, this camp justified that belief in him. Uh, he was one of the best players against Canada, which isn't saying much, but he was one of the better ones. He had the assist for the Aronson goal, and he is he's fast. He runs a lot. Yep. And I don't think I ever saw him get tired. Uh I'm excited for the couple of guys that are in uh, fluctuating club situations right now that didn't get called up. Yeah. AKA uh, Hoppy. Um, was there anyone else? I remember we were talking about there was a couple guys that Richards. got Richards. That's right. Um. The way I got Joe hurt. Kini. Yeah. Um. That's about it. Yeah. Way I got hurt before the camp. So. That's why he was not, uh, did not make an appearance. Um, I thought Conrad 
I don't understand why he didn't play the last two games. He I thought he played pretty well against El Salvador. Um, you know, he seemed fast. <laughs> he actually he is fast. Uh and he's a winger, which is kind of what this team needs. Um okay, we're going to move on to the or progress to the can the Canada game. I was in Nashville. Uh, a little over 40,000 in attendance. The whole lower bowl was was packed. Uh, the club level, which is the 200s on the TV, uh, on the side where the TV cameras, you know, show, uh, was decent. And then the upper 300s was actually not too bad. Um, I saw a thing that also said the highest viewership was in Nashville. Yeah. For that game on FS1. Uh the tickets were really, really expensive for a lot of people. For two, it was they were too expensive for a lot of people. Um, we were able to buy them back in like July, for cheaper than you know than yeah. you know what they were in the three hundreds by kickoff. Um, the atmosphere was incredible. It was standing room only. If it we were inside, it would have been standing room only in in the lower bowl. Uh, but it just kind of felt like we were all waiting on something to cheer for. <laughs> yep. Because the whole first half was passing it along the back line at midfield, um, and watch John Brooks try to play a ball to break the lines and fail consistently. Tyler Adams would repeatedly drop into the defense in possession just because that's the only time he would receive the ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh not really his fault just how that was going. Canada was sitting in a really compact uh and dropping deep. Um it seemed like they had all 10 guys behind the ball within about 20 to 30 yards of each other. Yeah. Um Forcing the United States to play long balls over the top um, and uh, play them cross field at time and forcing switches, which we were not, uh, the United States were not um, really focused on doing against Canada. Um, the So the blocks that Canada was sitting in. Um, they caused a lot of problems. Uh, we had the United States had no real uh, uh, threat for pace, I guess, on the wings. Um, Pulisic was in the midfield, just trying to drop and 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 receive possession. Um, Canada strictly played on the counter attack, and when you have guys like Alfonso Davies who is the fastest guy on the pitch. It's not really a bad idea. Um, the one goal that the United States scored uh, was caused by Brendan Aronson's relentless pressure um, in midfield. Uh, he won the ball back in in midfield. Um, a quick little sequence between Pifok and Pulisic, who found Anthony Robinson bounding forward down the left side. Uh, he took it to the, you know, almost near the end line and played a low ball back across to Aronson, who was able to tap it in. 
Um, that was the only chance. Sorry, let me backtrack. That was one of the few chances the United States had. Um, Pulisic hit the post in the first half. Uh, and... Yeah, I don't... Was there anything? I don't... I think that was it. It felt yeah. like it was it. Um, Canada's one goal that they got was Davies being faster than Yedlin and Yedlin not paying as much attention. Yeah. And, uh... And so Davies just beat Yedlin down the left side. Uh, Yedlin was it right back, obviously. He c- had come in for Dest, actually, um, after Dest picked up his injury in the first half. And Davies just beat him to the byline and played one across, and Laren uh, was able to tap it in. And that was like three minutes after after uh, Aronson had scored, and we, you know, all of us in the crowd were like, yes, we're finally, you know, he finally scored. You know, maybe this can break the seal um, and kind of free our guys. Well, nope. Concede three minutes later um, to Laren, of all people. That's how the game ended. Uh, there really wasn't any chances after that. There was a free kick Pulisic missed by about five yards. Um, and then super frustrating after that game. That's one that you are trying to win. Yeah. And uh, it's unfortunate that ended in a draw and the experience was a lot of fun you know being there uh the crowd was i mean everyone was loud um but it was a bunch of nervous energy the whole time and uh and it ended in a draw which was not a good result at all um moving on to the Honduras match I'm going to read this uh, this starting 11, okay? I want you to... Uh, you remember the reactions. Here, Here's here's the lineup. Started late at 9.30. Uh, it's Honduras is central time, right? Yeah. Didn't really understand why that game was starting so late. The starting 11 for the match against Honduras. Matt Turner in goal. Tyler Adams, John Brooks, Josh Sargent... Uh, Christian Pulisic, Miles Robinson, Ricardo Pepe, Mark McKenzie, James Sands, George Bello, and Kellen Acosta. Tell me, how many players do you associate with attacking are in this lineup? Or anything not defensive? Not many. Three? Not many. Not enough. Uh, It... Started as a five at the back or a three at the back with two wing backs. You know, five, it's basically the same thing. The lineup, it made no sense on the pitch, especially. Um, I, I, I don't really like it. It was, there was no midfield. It was three attackers and like the and seven defensively minded guys. Yeah. There were zero ball progression in midfield. Um, the only reason that everyone didn't completely freak out when we saw the lineup was, hey, Pepe's starting. He'll fix all our problems, right? Right. No, no not exactly. You can't really go 1v5. <laughs> uh, 
Um, the it's a, it's tough to win in Honduras. It has been historically. Uh, in just in Concacaf in general. Uh, fortunately, well, unfortunately, the United States and unsurprisingly went down one nil after twenty seven minutes. Uh, to a Brian Moya Moya goal, Brian Moya. Um. Yeah, Brian. Brian, that's right. Uh, that one we all knew was going to happen once John Brooks stepped up in midfield for no reason to win a ball. We all knew he had no chance of winning. Yeah. And the middle was left just bare. I don't know how that happens when you have three center backs and you <laughs> your defending is that it ends up looking that bad. Uh, free header, well-placed. And Honduras took the lead into the break. I saw a stat. I don't really. I didn't bookmark it. Unfortunately, I don't really remember where I saw it or who I saw it from. The United States before last night had two wins away from home when they were losing in all of Con- at losing at the half in like all of Concacaf yeah. World Cup qualifying, and the team looked lost. They looked bad. Uh, they look like they had never played in this system before, which it, they probably haven't. Um, there was zero midfield. San, James Sands was playing as a six. Well, he was, I don't know, a six and an eight at the same time, just in midfield. He he's looked bad. completely lost, and I don't really blame him because he's playing in a spot he's never played before at Honduras with no other midfielders that you know, can help cover his lack of ball progression. Yeah. Because he had Acosta beside him. Acosta is a bona fide six. Right. That cleans things up. And James Sands is a center back. Yeah. Not a midfielder. No. Um, he's not Marquinhos. He can't just step into a six role and no, he can't do that. Uh, Tyler Adams was at the right fullback. He uh, he was all over the place in a good way and a bad way at the same time. Like it wasn't his fault. He just had to cover so many spots. Yeah. Um, in the second half, well, going into halftime, I I mean it was. <laughs> Horrible. It was awful. The mood was terrible. It's, oh, no, yeah, we're boycotting the World Cup because of it was it was that kind of levels of, oh, my goodness, we're really going to lose. And it's and and it was completely preventable. That's what the feelings were at halftime. Fortunately, Greg Berhalter, he he didn't even really have a choice. He didn't wait until the 78th minute to make substitutions. He made three at halftime. Uh, he brought on Anto- Anthony Robinson uh, for Bello, who wasn't bad in defense. He just his first touch was really really heavy, and we needed a goal. United States needed a goal, and Bello was not built for that at the moment. Yeah. 
Robinson was one of the better players against Canada, and he provided some pace and width. So that substitution made sense. The start of Bellow starting is not a bad was not a bad idea. No, that specifically is not a bad thing. That substitution, I give a little bit of credit to Berhalter. Um, because that you know that the Bellow start is not is defendable, uh, and I didn't have a problem with it. You know when we saw when the lineup came out. Um. He brought on Legit for Sands. Sands. And Brooks came off for um Aronson. Aronson. Sands, er, Sands came off too? I think Sands was in a little longer. No, he wasn't. He wasn't? Okay. Well, though Aronson, Legit, and and uh Anthony Robinson came on at halftime. Yeah. Uh completely changed the game, changed the system. Uh, changed the game. Uh, Tyler Adams was still at right back when halftime, or when the second half began. He was not at right back when the game ended, thankfully, in a good, like, for good reason. Um, the first goal that the United States finally scored uh, was scored by it's my good. first left back, my number one left back, Anthony Robinson. A really nice finish with his weaker foot as well. Um, a fit, uh, at least on the U.S. Soccer website, they have Ricardo Pepe with an assist. Uh, he, I don't even know if he got a deflection on a bouncing ball yeah. that was already going to Robinson. Um, but Pulisic, to be fair, drove down the middle of the pitch. He found Legette, who whipped in across and Robinson with his right foot put it in the back of the net. Um, that was a big sigh of relief and it happened three minutes after halftime so it's like okay here we go we didn't have to wait 20 minutes for him to score. Yeah. Uh, it's like okay you know maybe we can maybe the boys can do something here. Second goal, uh, before the second goal happened, DeAndre Yedlin was brought on. I did not like this. <laughs> uh, that was our final substitution was Yedlin on for, um, who did he come on for? I don't remember. Um, yeah, he came on, oh, probably for Sargent, I think. Sargent came off eventually. I think he came off at halftime. But Yedlin came on, uh, and that moved, thankfully, moved Tyler Adams into midfield where he is. He's not bad at right back or right wing back even. Right. He is so much better in midfield. Um, It's crucial, actually, that he plays in midfield in the middle for this team. Yedlin... Uh, Received the ball in the top right corner of the 18-yard box. Put in a beautiful cross two minutes after coming in. And Pepe flies high for a really nice header for his first goal in for his the first goal on his debut. Um and that gave the United States a 2-1 lead. At that point, it's full-on celebration because Pepe scored and the United States have the lead. 11 minutes later, Pepe helped seal it off 
He squares it to Aronson. It's a two-on-one. Aronson, all he has to do is lift it over Lopez, the goalkeeper for Honduras, and uh, makes it three. And then Legette added on a fourth goal late. Uh, and it ended 4-1. That was a part, wonderful recap, I know. Uh, yeah. But the biggest thing is, I don't know, this team showed like they cared in the second half. Um, I saw an interesting thing. Uh, maybe you'll remember it better than I will, but the game ended with like seven MLS players Something like that, on yeah. the pitch, one championship and three guys in Europe, or three guys in like major leagues, I think. Yeah, Tyler Adams, I know is is one. Um, but other than that, it was um seven MLS guys <laughs> helped seal the deal, which is that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um. I don't know. They they just look like they cared, which is something that didn't look, didn't show itself before the second half. Right. And I think that touches on something that um is so big in Concacaf in general is these, you know, I don't know, Honduras, Costa Rica, Panama, Canada, Mexico with Liga MX. You have guys that aren't really playing over in Europe. Yeah. That aren't, you know, not entitled, but almost entitled in a way. They are, um, I don't know. It's just they seem to care more. Right. Um, I don't know if that's a they're playing local type of thing. I don't know if it's just they're out to prove themselves type of thing. But it just feels like they care more. Um, all in all, after a camp that you said feels like it had a ton to more talk to about, talk about than it actually did, yeah. There would be a lot more to talk about if the one nil scoreline held to serve. Yeah, it would be a disaster right now. I think. As it stands, the United States are level with five points with Canada and Panama behind Mexico, who have seven. Mexico is in first place. Uh, They beat Jamaica, they beat Costa Rica, and they drew with Panama on the road yesterday. It's not really the most difficult, um, I don't know, three... Three games right there. Yeah. They played Jamaica at the Azteca. They got a late goal that was kind of lucky. To be fair, Mexico kind of deserved to beat Jamaica anyways, but Jamaica almost held on for the draw. Mexico beat Costa Rica 1-0 with a penalty that they got given right before halftime. And then they drew with Panama after scoring a second-half equalizer. Um, so, looking forward, crisis kind of averted yeah. for the United States. 
there were multiple injuries that this team had to deal with. Against Honduras in the first half, they had to deal with creating their own adversity <laughs> just because of how, I mean, half some of it was them, some of it was with how they were set up. Moving forward, I think that this team is back on track in terms of qualifying for a World Cup. Um, they scored four goals in the second half against Honduras on the road. I don't think that that's happened in a long time. Um, so the next window is in a month, pretty much. Yeah, like a month from today. Yeah, almost. Uh, playing at home against Jamaica, that should be three points. At Panama, if you get a point, that's fine. And then at home to Costa Rica, that has to be three points too. Yeah. It's a, I don't know, it's not really an easier window. You have two games at home this time, which I think if if you, you know, if you play as good as you did against Honduras, I think you'll be okay in the second half. Uh, last thing, Walker Zimmerman unfortunately did not play at all, but I don't know. There's not really much to draw from that. It's just, you know, if you're not going to play him in the last game, you could have just sent him home or something. Yeah. Because we kind of need him for – Nashville needs him on Saturday. <laughs> um, also, the stock of Alistair Johnston continues to rise. He has been really, really good for Canada. Yeah. He was really good uh, on Sunday against the United States. He had one slip up in the attacking third, and that was about it. Um, so, looking forward, Nashville plays Saturday against Montreal. Yep. That game, I think, will be back on TV. Yeah. Should be. Okay. Quick rundown. CONCACAF World Cup qualifying table. Mexico's in first with seven points. Canada, USA, Panama, in that order, it, I mean, it's kind of they're all, they're all level on goal differential at three. Um, so they all have five points. It's the first window, second, third, fourth. Really doesn't matter right now. Costa Rica have two points in fifth. They're level with Honduras and El Salvador on two points, and then Jamaica, unfortunately, down in eighth. Yeah, I think that'll do it for this week. Um, yeah. We'll be back next week. Um, Hani for MVP. Let's get it going. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, let's get it's that. Time to start that. Yeah, it's time to it's time to propaganda propagandize that. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word. Okay, thank you, Ronan. Yeah, thank you. Hey, no problem. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Uh, until then. Download, share even, yeah. follow wherever you get these podcasts and listen to them. Thank you for listening. We will see you and talk to you next week.